Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joel Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is good to be with you another Monday evening, reflecting into the richness of our faith, in particular, this great topic of witness. And if you are a faithful listener, you know that from one week to the next, what we talk about is witness, but we do it within the context of uh, bringing in different people from different backgrounds. And uh, I've, uh, I've got some girls joining me, young ladies from uh, Chico High, uh, two young ladies, and uh, they have come to share with us uh, their journey of faith, some of their experiences, where the Lord has put it on their heart to witness um, to their Christian and Catholic faith. So I welcome uh, Becca Corte, who is going to be a senior over at Chico High, and she is a part of the uh, music ministry over at uh, Life Teen St. John the Baptist Catholic Church. So Becca, it is great to have you with me this evening. Joe, great to be here. And also I have uh, Cecilia Seibert, who is the younger sister of one Sarah Seibert, who joined me a uh, couple months ago, I believe now. And she's laughing right now because she's always, I think, been given the title younger sister. See, it is great to have you with me uh, this evening. Great to be here, Joe. So girls, um, I've asked you to come and join me to talk about your personal experiences of how our Lord has called you to witness to your faith. So maybe for starters, I thought we could talk about uh, your sisterhood in Christ, the importance of your relationship and your friendship. I know today a lot of people out there um, think they have to do it on their own, but maybe you can speak briefly to the importance of your friendship and what it means to you in your journey of faith. Yeah, our, our sisterhood has grown since second grade at Notre Dame school. I can go to her for anything and sh just sharing our faith, having that one person to share with, because you can't find that in a public high school, having her has allowed me to grow and along with having a real sister um, I think I've given her the opportunity to have a older person uh, to be able to talk to and share what she needs to share from boys to <laughs> movies anything that girly things that we can talk about but keeping it always hooked on Christ yeah I think um, having a good friend that does share the same beliefs as you really makes um, makes me more confident in myself and my beliefs because I know that I have her standing 100% behind me and um, you know that that's made the transition from a private school to public high school you know so much easier you know I value our friendship I you know we're so close it's like sisters kind of and mm -hmm. I, I don't know it's just it's something that's pretty amazing so I thank God for that every day. Well, very much sisters in that you guys are sisters in Christ. Are you able to um, challenge one another? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, good, good. I mean, so that really, if you guys are able, if you girls are able to challenge one another. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I, I highlight the word challenge because it's so important to, as sisters, be able to challenge one another in Christ because, yes, first and foremost, that you are building each other up in Christ and in that your relationship is getting stronger but also of the challenges 
that's you girls face in the world today? I mean, certainly today in the year 2014, you know, we live in a culture where God is seemingly downgraded by each passing day. You know, we can no longer openly uh, talk about God the way we used to. And so certainly for all of us Christians who are called to bear witness to our faith, there's going to be uh, some persecution, and this is what our Lord promises in the gospel. If you bear my name, be assured, you will be persecuted. This is what um, is really at the tail end of the Beatitudes there on the Sermon on the Mount. So, you know, Becca, if you can get us started here, uh, certainly as we were talking beforehand, there have been uh, occasions where you have seen uh, personally, um, what I'm talking about, you know, this, this culture, this culture of death, as some people put it, and I just like to def define that the culture of death is simply a culture where there's an absence of love. Okay. So if there's an absence of love, there's going to be death. So when we talk about the culture of death, as we might talk about at this program, what I mean to say in its truest sense is we live in a culture where there's an absence of love. Um, and so this is why we are called to witness with the life that is inside of us, Jesus Christ, to this culture of death, because what we're doing is ultimately witnessing to the love of Jesus Christ. So where have you seen this in your own journey of faith? Um, I think it's interesting to find, like, being with friends that don't necessarily share the same beliefs as us. Um, I know Sia and I have a really close friend who doesn't necessarily um, believe the same thing as us, but she in respects us in what we do believe. And I think that that's really cool that we do have that respect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think she, just through our actions and the way we hold ourselves, she knows that we are, we're in the right place. And she knows that if she could have something, a little bit of what we have, she sees how happy we are. And the way we live our life, she really um, tries to be the same. And if not completely believing, she knows that we're doing good. <laughs> what I'm hearing from you girls right now is just... If you are doing what God is asking from you, just living your faith with a joyful smile, living out your faith um, the way Jesus Christ calls us to live out our faith with just that simple love for life, then yeah, people are going to see that. You know, Becca, what I hear you is you have a friend, the, the two of you have a friend, and they are drawn to you, and um, they're drawn to you because of the way in which you respect her and she, in turn, is going to respect you. Mm -hmm. And what I have found over the course of, of relationships and friendships is as we live more devoutly our faith, they're going to begin to ask questions. You know, often we think of the witness within the context of, well, we need to proclaim the, the word, that mm -hmm. the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And often, if we are not living out our faith, then they are not going to be listening. So the importance of those friendships being established from which then she is going to trust you, the both mm -hmm. of you. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and she definitely is curious about our faith and questions come up and we, we're yeah. always we free always to answer. Yeah. Um, and even when we don't know, we, we get back to her, or we look it up on our phones or something really quick. She loves to talk about it. But yeah, I think that's a good way in which we can share our faith with her. Yeah, and in many ways, friendship is the key that un unlocks um, evangelization yeah. um, because that is where they are going to, to trust you. And yeah, I mean, 
why not utilize social media? Grab that phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting. I, I get a lot of phone calls about questions as it relates to the faith, and I often find myself, if I don't know the answer to the question, going to the internet or going to a phone and thinking, well, they, the person could have just done this, right? Yeah. But we do need that sense of, okay, you know, I trust this person that, or that person, and, and they're going to have the answer. So as you guys talk about your friendships, what about inside the classroom? I've got to believe over at Chico High there has been an occasion or two where you guys have had the opportunity to witness to your faith in some capacity. Um, yeah, for sure. A few weeks ago when Sia and I were in the same Spanish class and um, we were doing this activity where the teacher asked us to, she would give us a like a topic of conversation or something and she would say, okay, go to this side of the classroom that you think, you know, you agree to what extent you agree with it. And um, there was gun laws and environmental issues. Environmental issues, yeah. And then the topic of abortion came up. And I think most of the class was on yeah, the majority. side against it, yeah. I think. So, um, but there was definitely a few that were on the other side. The teacher was just asking individually, like, what, why, why do you believe this? Why do you think this? And C and I were kind of taken aback that the way that the teacher was talking, she was kind of... Almost defending. Right, yeah. She was kind of... A, against it she was vocally saying like she, she was just she was, questioning she us. was for abortion yeah she was for yeah. it <laughs> yeah. but um it was interesting just to see you know she was questioning all this stuff and um another girl that goes to our church as well she was one of the girls that she asked the question to and i was impressed with the way she answered you know just saying that it's still a life inside and you can't terminate that like you can't um, mm -hmm. get rid of that it's all it's still a life I don't know, just walking out of the classroom, we were just so surprised that that came up in the classroom and that she was so... Um, she was so excited to have this yeah. opportunity to, s to see what her students would choose. It yeah. was it was weird. <laughs> yeah, it was... She almost expected... She kept talking about it, and while she was talking about it, even some students switched sides mm -hmm. of the classroom to go mm. to either pro-abortion. Okay, interesting. And it was... Yeah. But yeah, you could sad. definitely tell that she was... For it so it was interesting to see that but just having that opportunity to stand on that side of the mm -hmm. classroom it, it sh showed how we felt mm -hmm. and yeah. it may be little but it was still um it was cool to stand for that yeah too. yeah and how important is it to be able to make that statement you know we were just talking about how our witness isn't always about the spoken word but the way in which we simply bear witness to our faith in silence mm -hmm. and Again, what I'm hearing here is that in many ways, while a friend was asked, why do you believe what you believe? Ultimately, that silent witness uh, made a very loud statement. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very interesting how our faith is paradoxical in every way, um, that the most powerful witness, uh, the, the loudest witness out there is, is often that which is um, so quiet. So as we talk about this, you know, you bring up abortion and the importance of witnessing to this in many ways abortion is something that comes from a misunderstanding of who we are as creating the image and likeness of god and certainly stems from an abuse of of our sexuality uh, the fact that there are so many babies being terminated babies being aborted um, outside of uh, outside of the sacrament of marriage girls I, I've got to believe that uh, as we've talked about the importance of witnessing to your faith as it relates to life, that you girls have had 
plenty of opportunity to witness to your faith as it relates to uh, this call to be pure, this call to be modest, especially in a public school. Mm-hmm. I graduated in 1993. It seems like a long, <laughs> long time ago, 1993, over 20 years ago. And I have been on the high school campus mm-hmm. um, in recent years, and I am taken by what I see. There has, make no mistake about it, there has been a significant change in uh, dress code, even if there oh, yeah. is a code anymore. Is there yeah. a code? There, I, there I, is, not okay. necessarily followed, but <laughs> yeah, yeah they know. never followed through. No, no one ever follows it. So you've got, okay, a code that no one ever follows. <laughs> the pressure, the, the peer pressure, what is it inside of you that tells you or gives you the strength to be able to witness um, the purity of Christ inside of you? Um, well, yeah, definitely what you said, um, we're tempted, you know, the fashion industry obviously is making clothes smaller and shorter and lower and everything. And, um, there are still options to dress modestly. And I think that, you know, when we're not dressing modestly, that that's when we're, we're almost encouraging guys to look at us in a way that maybe isn't going to be a good thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find that me and Becca, Becca and I, uh, (laughs) we, People know just by the way we dress and the, yeah. the way we are and the way we talk and the way we hold ourselves, they know that what we stand for and they respect us. Yeah. And with that respect, we're treated differently than other people mm-hmm. and that's, that's the way everyone should be treated. But we have this respect because of the way we dress. Yeah. And it's definitely a struggle for me a lot of the time to, you know, just to want to fit in and to wear whatever one else is wearing. But it's so easy to find a way to dress modestly. Yeah, still definitely. Becca has it <laughs> mastered. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, you know, it's cool to just find your own style and um, find a way to um, dress modestly, but still, you know, be you. I was just thinking of a story. Um, a friend of mine a few years ago did a, like a, an experiment kind of thing. And um, oh, yeah. she <laughs> she dressed in like a dress one day, just like a dress and sandals or something and um just kind of observed how males treated her Mm. and um you know Mm. they opened doors for her they were polite Mm -hmm. to her Mm -hmm. and then you know another day she would wear something else maybe a little more revealing to see you know you know guys were like whistling at her and you know just kind of almost i don't know disrespectful to her kind of a little bit Mm -hmm. and um i don't know so then she found it really interesting to see that i don't know i i find that too guys are really respectful to us and you know other girls are too because you know they yeah. know that that's what we stand for and they're cool with that yeah and even hearing the just those remarks from guy friends that i have about girls who are so immodest um it hurts hearing them talk about them like that and if they were ever talk about me like that mm-hmm. like that would that would be terrible like i would not like that at all so knowing that that can be happening to me it's just it's more of a push for me to watch what I, how I dress and how I treat myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. yeah, what I'm hearing is, you know, what you girls are saying is your dress really encourages other men to see you as God sees you, created in the image and likeness of God. And that's, I think, the salient point as, as it relates to modesty, how you can encourage men to see you as God sees you. And I think that's so valuable. While you guys were talking, I could not help but think of an analogy. Um, Throughout our country, we have 
art shows, sculpture shows, and you know, you can go down south in Southern California, there's a Lego land, and there's these amazing <laughs> Lego sculptures. I don't know if you've been down there, but these amazing so Lego cool. sculptures. Yeah. And in Pennsylvania, there's these ice sculptures. They're amazing ice sculptures. And uh, also in Pennsylvania, there's these um, chocolate sculptures. Whoa, that's awesome. Amazing <laughs> sculptures made out of basically cocoa and sugar, okay? Of towers, of buildings, of ships, of museums, just fascinating. Now, I can go to this uh, chocolate show, if you will, okay? and I'm doing the in quotes right now, and just marvel at the art, marvel at the beauty, marvel at the creative genius at looking at a ship, fish, tower, building that this artist put together, that this artist mm -hmm. sculpted. Or, or I can give in to my sense appetite, look at that chocolate and just want it to devour it and devour, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> in other words, I could ignore the fact that these sculptures are beautiful pieces of art to be contemplated and simply view them primarily as these delicious chocolates that would serve my cravings. This would be a degradation of the confectioner's masterpieces, huh? I mean, reducing them to mere objects to be exploited for my tasting pleasure. We, as created in the image and likeness of God, uh, we are not to just give in to our sense appetite mm -hmm. at sexual desire that is just it at times seemingly overwhelms humanity. We need to take a step back so as to be able to contemplate how each and every one of us are in fact created in the image and likeness of God. How the two of you essentially are the crown jewel of creation in the, in the eyes of God. By dressing modestly, you encourage those around you, certainly most especially men, to see you as God sees you. And I think that really is a, a quintessential point for what we're talking about today, this evening, because this is what witness is about. Again, we, we're kind of going back to this theme of silent witness, of yeah. mm -hmm. uh, the, the power behind the silent witness. And then, you know, see, as you're talking, Becca, as you're talking, how that silent witness stirs a new conversation. And as I like to say, <laughs> new questions lead to new beginnings. Faith is about being set apart. Faith is about holiness. Faith is about being different. The problem with today is everyone wants to blend in. Yeah. You know, everyone wants to blend in. But having faith in Jesus Christ is about being set apart. And what a wonderful opportunity the two of you have to be in a public school to witness to this great gift of um, purity. And, I find it very striking that the word purity itself in the Greek also means being modest. <laughs> it means being clean, being chaste. Uh, so certainly what we're talking about here is one and the same thing. And uh, yeah, you know, Becky, you talked about the fashion industry. You know, I have a seven-year-old daughter and I am amazed <laughs> at how young mm -hmm. this fashion industry wants to grab a hold yeah. of you and encourage this kind of mindset, this poisonous mindset that it's okay to wear this and to wear that. Yeah. You know, uh, we are so much more than just objects. We are persons, you know, right? We are subjects, we are persons, creating the image and likeness of God. And if we can encourage that with what we wear, and what we say, certainly, wow. I mean, 
that um, exercise that your friend did. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I ever want my daughter doing that, but it does reveal something. Yeah. It does reveal something. And it reveals, I think, a powerful truth as it relates to this call uh, for every man to be a man of chivalry. You know, yeah. opening mm-hmm. doors, being polite. Yeah. You know, we've lost that sense today, especially um, within the, the uh, teenage culture, the years that it needs to be encouraged. Yeah. I mean, as two girls, I've got to believe that when you see men of chivalry, that you are drawn to them. You want to talk to them because they're men of integrity. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're men who, well, are set apart. They're different. That's what's being lost today. You know, at, at the youngest of ages, we're, um, we're trying to create a culture, the, the culture of death, the culture where there's an absence of love. It leads to a, a really misguided understanding of love. So thanks for sharing on that, girls. I think that is very important for our listeners to be thinking about. You know, I, I get um, a number of questions from all age groups, and I'm surprised at some of the questions I get from the, the younger age, the younger group, they'll pull me aside. Joe, can, can you talk about this? Can you talk about that? And for the two of you to be talking about the importance of modesty goes a long, long way. In opening, I had mentioned that the both of you are involved in music ministry over at St. John the Baptist Catholic Church, mm-hmm. uh, Life Teen. I love the topic of music. We have devoted um, nights to music. In fact, it was the Life Teen director, Jason Weinert, who joined me for a couple weeks. I was hoping to get some input from you guys on the importance of music, especially as, uh, are we seven? You just turned 17, yeah? Yes. Okay. And I'll be 17 in August. Okay. So 16, soon to be 17, Mm -hmm. 17. As it relates to music, I mean, when you hear the word music, what do you think about? And especially as relates to faith. For me, for music, um, there's so many different Things. You know, we're, we've participated in choir, music ministry. You know, we like to just sing when we're in the car. You know, it's there's so many different ways to express yourself through music. And um, I think that the, the praise and worship part of music is especially awesome because, you know, Sia and I were talking about this on the way over, is, um, you know, that's, that's one of our favorite ways to express ourselves, to praise God, you know is through music. And I think that being in the music ministry has given us a really awesome opportunity to just be up there and just, you know, praise God, you know, lead lead the congregation, get them excited about mass and everything. Yeah, it music is very powerful and I've found that in praise and worship through adoration is when I I truly excel in my relationship with God and I can just let go and I'm just taken. The Holy Spirit just rushes over me and it's it's, I can't explain the experience, it's quite amazing. So through my instrument, the voice, I can praise God. One Saint Augustine says to uh, sing is to pray twice, you know? Yeah. And, and what he means by that is we, we put words on our lips and we praise God with those words, but those words come from somewhere. They come from the depths of our heart. They come from the soul. There's a there's a wonderful story I'd like to share on this topic of music, and it's um, it's actually something that comes to us from a children's read. Uh, the story um, Crispin the Cross of Lead, the author Avi. I don't know if you guys have read that book. You would have read it maybe in fifth or sixth yeah. grade. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> and um, 
it's a wonderful read, and it's really, uh, and, and this is a major spoiler alert, by the way, <laughs> so, it's a wonderful read, and it's a, a Christian allegory, really. It's historical fiction where, set, I believe, in the Second Crusade, where this young boy, his name's Crispin, he loses his mother, and so he, he sets out to find his mother, and he meets these different people, all of which are very much an allegory of, of Christ-like figures. And by allegory, I mean the description of one thing under the image of another. So he, on, on one occasion, meets this clown, and this clown is a Christ-like figure. We are, we are to see this as a, as a Christ-like figure. Yeah. And they're having these conversations, and at one point, the clown looks down at a young Crispin and says, well, what musical instrument do you play? And he kind of, he puts his head down, and mm. he kind of turns away, and uh, the clown says, well, what music do you play? It was just a matter of fact, you must play a musical instrument, right? Mm-hmm. He turns back around and he says, well, in shame, I don't play a musical instrument. And the clown returns, says, you mean you have no soul? Ah, you have no soul. But what's going on there? Well, he, he's actually dropping a little Tom Aquinas, right? The soul is, mm. is that part of the human person that praises God, right? The soul is, is the, the inner depth of the man. Mm-hmm. And the instrument is that which praises God from the soul. So we have this truth that comes to us that, yeah, to be able to sing to God, to be able to pray to God is to pray twice, but it really expresses that, that deepest longing in our heart, that which to be united to God. I know, you know, Sia, you say, the Holy Spirit rushed over me. Yeah. Well, yeah, because this is what worship is about. You yeah. know, it, it's really interesting that the word worship is in, in the catechism, it's phrased as the first act and virtue of religion. Worship is the first act and virtue of religion. And yeah, certainly um, as Catholics, uh, our worship first and foremost is about the Eucharist. And so we can begin to appreciate the Eucharist as the source and summit of our faith in light of worship being the first act and virtue of religion. We as children of God lift up our hands and we are saying to God the Father, take me, take me for all that I am, take Mm -hmm. me for all that I'm not. Take me, all warts included, take me for everything, right? Uh, that is what that worship is about. And I, I've always been taken by the fact that it's the first act in virtue of religion because it's that disposition that says, take all of me. And I just think that to be a very powerful truth. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, yeah, song is uh, such a beautiful means to be able to express our love for Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and our relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, so I just want to especially thank you girls for just not only the gift of your voices, and beautiful they are, but also the gift of yourselves, the gift that the two of you give uh, to the church, the body of Christ, and to Jesus himself, your yes. Uh, Really, this is what this program is about, that our listeners out there, whatever age they might be, might um, appreciate that within the youth culture, there are, yeah, two here in Chico and many more, of course, hundreds here in Chico and, and thousands across the country uh, and, and the world that have said yes to Jesus Christ. And uh, on behalf of them, you know, I say thank you to you too, as you certainly are picking up the torch for just not the church of tomorrow. But when we talk about Christianity, we always talk about it 
and the present moment, right? So it's the church of today. The youth are the church of today, as St. John Paul II liked to talk about it. So with that, girls, that is a wrap. We are out of time. Thank you so much for joining me uh, this evening. Let us close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth. Heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.